Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. We have been talking about the armor of God, and if you have not been here, we have walked through a few of the elements. We started out of place uh, as the Lord really just directed me, but we've began moving down through this, and, and, and Paul was teaching them here that we weren't wrestling against flesh and blood. But he's taking a flesh and blood analogy from a Roman soldier's uniform. Saying we wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Some of you might have even seen in the opinions portion of the perspectives magazine that Brother Massengale, Brother Ross, and this amazing team, some of them that work and they're doing an amazing job, there, was talking about even, even the angels of darkness and demonic, uh, is there a work of darkness? And every opinion was the same. There is certainly an evilness at work. And Paul was addressing that here. There is spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God the armor of God and in verse 15 he says right after the breastplate of righteousness that I last preached to you about and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace would you pray with me Lord we love you we thank you for your goodness and your mercy that you bestow upon us. I feel very specific direction for today and I pray that you would help me. Help me to teach and to preach with wisdom, with clarity and with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. For it is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. I pray that you would speak to your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Oh, it's so good to see everyone today. Praise God. I told them at a camp meeting in Florida, I said, this is exciting to me, but I've got to tell you, I'm way more excited just to get home to Calvary. Um, Brother Turner, here's what I believe wholeheartedly. Some people in this room, you put a lot more consideration into your footwear today than others. <laughs> We're going to talk about choosing our footwear wisely here today as it pertains to Ephesians chapter 6 and what Paul is instructing. Who are the shoe people in the house? You just know what that means. It doesn't mean you live in a giant one because you got so many kids. It means you love 
Come on, raise your hand if you're a shoe person. Guys, don't be afraid. I know some of you guys are. You're like, well, I don't want to. Should I? It's okay. I know you are, some of you. I won't tell on my wife. But I would say that my wife uh, is a shoe person. Is that accurate? Yeah, just a little. She likes shoes. And she always uses the same thing that all you ladies use. Well, they, they're so much cheaper. You feel that little nervous? That little, ah. What's Paul talking about here? Is he talking about fashion? Or is he talking about function? Please catch that. When we consider living for God, when we consider attire, are we concerned with fashion or function? What does it mean to work on a daily basis. I was speaking to a group of young ministers the other day, and I said, I can remember when I, I first went on staff at the church, and I showed up, Brother Marco, in my, my suit my first day on the job. I, I had a suit on. I was, after all, on staff at the church. It's just a young man there in northeast Ohio. I, I had my suit on. My tie was tied right. My shirt looked good. It had way less wrinkles than I typically did at Bible college. And pastor said those words to me. Brother Staten, he said, he said, you got, you got any older clothes? Well, well sure, but I, I, you might not know this, but I'm a man of God. I, I have come to be here. And we kind of started with a suit. And by the time I got where he wanted me, I was in a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, and some old shoes. Because he needed me to clean some toilets. I wasn't one week on the job when he took me down to the side by the, by the school. And he said, we need a trench from here to there. And I thought, yeah, we do. We do. We need one. We need one right there. <laughs> and then he said, do you know where the shovel is? Oh, I'm, I'm the trencher. I'm, I'm the trench guy. I learned that there's some things I needed my suit for, but there was some things I needed my work boots for. And uh, Paul, is, Paul is in evaluation mode, in and out of prison, really, in a place where he has been looking and, and taking a, a real good inventory of the outfit of this Roman soldier and what they were wearing. And their, their uniform was developing as time went on. It was progressing. And, and he's in this place where he is watching this, this Roman government that is continuing to take ground, continuing to allow its force and its power to be known. They are developing and he is watching the current state and evaluating in every, every area of that. Even today in our military for the United States of America, many of you which served in that along the way, to which we give you great honor and we thank you for your service to our country. But you found out 
You didn't just show up and wear whatever you wanted. You joined that army and they let you know. And some of you in this house even were drafted into that army. And you found out when you're a part of this army, you dress a certain way. Who knows what I'm talking about? Even down to the shoes. The socks and shoes matter. It cracks me up. Um, I spend enough time in airports um, every now and then. You see someone walking or trying to run through the airport. And ladies, I'm not trying to pick on you, but recently I saw a lady trying to run through the airport, trying to get, get from one flight to another with high heels on. Come on. Any ladies in here ever been to a place where you just pull them off? You know the bottom of your feet will be black, but you ain't worried about it. You'll put the high heels back on when you get there. You'll put the uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable, but they're cute. Blah. <laughs> I'm to a place in my life, I don't care. I don't care. I want slip-ons. I'm not afraid. I'd do Velcro again if I could get away with it. I'm, I'm <laughs> had a friend the other day, my close friend, talked to me about the need of comfort in his feet. And we were talking there about how needful it was to have comfort in our feet. And in the middle of the conversation, it hit me. I, I never thought I'd be at an age where even having a conversation about the comfort of my feet. Who am I right now? But footwear matters. In the, in the army, they're, they're, they're very intentional about what socks you wear, what shoes you wear. Paul, Paul wasn't just grasping for things. He was being extremely intentional. But I must tell you, I fear this of all the elements, Brother McDoor, in in the, in the armor of God, I fear this one is the most easily brushed over and misappropriated part of the armor. Their footwear was part of their armor. Okay? But we, we typically so quickly jump over it. And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons I think we jump over it is because it uses the word shod. No one says shod. Brother Watkins, I doubt there's many mornings during the school year when you look at the kids and say, hey, and what have you shod your feet with today? <laughs> if you do that, you're more KJV than me. I, I... What have you shod? But what have you fastened upon your feet? What have you, what have you put upon your feet? tells me whether you're after fashion or function. And Paul addresses this here, having your feet shod with what? The preparation of the gospel of peace. Allow me just a little bit to break this down, what Paul is really talking about here. Please hear me. We started with the helmet of salvation, but isn't it something that Paul ties peace to the feet, not the head. Brother Turner, when Paul is talking to these believers, himself knowing about imprisonment, when he discusses peace, he ties it to their feet, not their helmet. 
to their feet. I am convinced that this text, how many know that the text is tied together? How many believe in the inerrancy of Scripture? That, that it, it was not a mistake and it was more than the opinion of men. And it, it, it is tied together that the Old Testament and the New Testament, they are played together without contradiction, regardless of what some might say. And it was being established even in the Old Testament, the necessity of feet and footwear. And here's, let me give you a, a first reason I think it is so critical. The direction of your feet, the footwear, quote unquote, upon them, is telling not just others, but yourself, which way you plan on going. What is my direction? What is, what is my direction? Paul said you need to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Many people jump over this scripture because they just really don't even know what that means. They just mean preparation of the gospel of peace. I need to tell you what Paul was saying here was that peace is more of a decision than it is a feeling. You need to have peace about your direction even when you're swimming upstream. I was talking to the Dorvals a week or two ago and Joel, their 14-year-old, their said something to me. I said, I love that. I'm going to use that sometime as a title. And he said something about going with the flow and he said, he said only dead fish go with the flow. <laughs> so funny. So funny. I, I, I've got to tell you, in the, not just the current climate of our culture, but in Paul's day, to be a Christian was a persecuted offense. And Paul, imprisoned as he were, taking the stripes and dealing with the shipwrecks that he did, Paul said, you need to have a peace. You need to have a prepared outcome for who you plan on being. Yes, the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ would bring peace, but really they would not find that that was peace that made them happy. That peace was contentment in their decision. Ooh, I'm a, I got to help somebody today. I know you might not feel good, but is your direction right? Because if your direction is right, it does not matter if they like your direction or not. They are not meant to determine your direction. 
they are not meant to detour from the right or the left. But Paul is looking at them. I don't have an image of it. I probably should have. But the Roman, the Roman sandal, as they continued to develop, they got thicker and thicker. And they even had these, these nails that would be driven through them. Think of like a, a, a cleat, if you will, an athletic cleat that you can grip the ground. That's what the Roman soldier's footing had, had continued to evolve into. And if you study, you can study the advances of Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was noted uh, for the incredible leadership. And when he gave credit, he talked about the followers. When they talked about his leadership, there's a story that talks about Alexander the, the Great standing before an army that was refusing to give in and refusing to surrender. And he says that he beckoned with a hand looking at the edge of a cliff and men begin to march and those men begin to walk towards the edge of the cliff and a horrified king watched as man after man without pause walked off the edge of a cliff because their leader had told them to do so. Story records that that army and that king surrendered in that moment because of their willingness to advance based on their leader. They would walk these soldiers, the advancement in their footwear. And so for Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great, they talk about the terrain that they were able to navigate and the way that they walk upon it. I, I, uh, some of you in here are involved in construction and contracting. And we had a roof evaluation one time. And, and this guy had to come out there in Ohio and he had to do a, an estimate on a roof. It was the first time I saw it. And, and he said, well, I got to put my, my special shoes on or special bottoms for his shoes. And he, he put these incredible unique, nothing you'd ever wear to the mall, nothing you'd ever wear to church, but they weren't made for that. They were made for the pitch of that roof. They were made for the material that it was made up with. And he was able to navigate without fear of stumble. I will tell you this, if we can make up our, uh, our minds, that helmet of salvation, if we can get that determination of peace to get to our feet, we will, we will advance. We will move forward. Paul is addressing them in this. This, this sure-footed addressing. Because how does he start Ephesians 6? He's really challenging them to stand. Who's ever played king of the mountain? Yeah, some of you went down memory lane right there. I've got this great memory of playing king of the mountain on a snowy day. Uh, and, and I was up there with my cousin... And we were playing King of the Mountain. And when you're with your cousin, how many knows anything goes? And it all is fair and love and beating up your cousin. And, <clears throat> and we were up there. But the problem was the surface. There was, there was ice and there was snow and there was gravel. The gravel had been hardened. And Brother John, when you fell, boy, it hurt. But it was fun, right? I was hoping he'd fall more than me. But I can remember still vividly in my mind that as I tried to take a step that that ground underneath would give way and it would begin to move. And many of us, that's how we feel all the time. Every time I try to advance, it's like the ground gives way below me. 
It's like the ground lets go. But I'll tell you, the only reason I was able to play that day so long and able to do that King of the Mount is because I had on footwear. I had been instructed by my mom what kind of shoes you wear in the snow. I had no idea when I was just a little guy wanting to go out and play in the snow and I wanted to wear my tennis shoes. And she said, don't you wear them tennis shoes out there. I thought she was just me. But how many know they, were, they get soaking wet? Some of us remember being out in the, in the wrong elements and not having the right footwear and then coming in and those feet being soaked and freezing cold and you feel like you're going to lose a toe. And She had taught me as just a young child wear the proper footwear. So that day we were playing King of the Mountain. I got on the right footwear. Even though the footing was unstable, I had on the right footwear to be able to... So I'm saying all this to say, ladies and gentlemen, we have got we have got to know that our sole purpose is to advance the gospel. I cannot consider myself, according to the instruction of Paul, I cannot say that I am effectively or appropriately standing for God without having a preparation which is interpreted readiness unless I have a readiness for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is a gospel of peace. Is it not surprising that we are living in a world that is calling us intolerant and wanting to make us feel as though we are militant? The opposition of Christ has always been militant. It is, remember, after all, against principalities and powers. What was Jesus' prayer on the cross? Forgive them. Why? <clears throat> Say it, for they know not what they do. Could it be that the person you are dealing with the most, it is not even their influence they're under. But you are in a spiritual battle. And the enemy of your soul would love for you to take the gospel of peace off and to, and to lose your readiness. Paul said, be ready be ready because in any opportunity there might be a chance for you to take ground and it come on everybody in this place knows sometimes we only take ground one step at a time I can stand or I can take one step at a time you do not climb mountains sprinting you do not climb crosses sprinting you do not win families sprinting. You do not win favor sprinting. But let me tell you how you do not win it also. You don't win it by taking off your footwear and just being pushed around and backed up. He said, get ready, stand. After having done all, which means conquering all, stand therefore. And then he goes into the armor of God. And past the breastplate of righteousness, he said, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be ready. Live ready. Because no prison lasts forever. And no warfare can, can have the ability. If you have it on your feet, your job can be against you. Your family can be against you. The culture can be against you. But get your feet ready to advance. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> 
What did, what did the psalmist say in, 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 in Psalms chapter, uh, I believe it's 119. Let me put my glasses on. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. I want you to go there. Are you okay this morning? Psalm 110. I want to help somebody today. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make what? Thine enemies, thy footstool. He said, I'm going, there will be a day. There will be a day that your enemies become your footstool. And it's in Psalm chapter 18 in verse 33 that the psalmist said, thou makest my feet like hinds feet or like the feet of a deer that navigates terrain and areas you have so well shaped it to where when I should be oh I feel like preaching and I'm trying to be calm but I'm he said when I should not be able to make any advancements you make my feet like hinds feet when everybody looks at the terrain and asks themselves how are they able to navigate and he said it's not because of me thou makest my feet like hinds feet you give you 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 give me the ability. I navigate areas that I would not go. That's why when I get up in the morning, I say, lead me where I need to go and direct my paths. Let, let me be directed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, acknowledge the Lord. That's what the Bible says. He shall direct thy paths. I, I, I go ahead and put it before you because if it was up to me, I'd come to the edge of this terrain and say, I can't do that. But when I consider that you are the one that has my feet in mind, you, he won't bring you to a mountain that he don't plan on doing something about. He'll either move it or he'll give you the strength to climb it. It's one of two things. And if he starts you climbing it, he'll help you get up it. You've made my feet like hinds feet. Paul said, I know where I've been and I know what I've done I, I I have wondered I've wrestled with Paul and I may preach about him again tonight but I've, I've wrestled with Acts 7 I, I sat in my living room with Paul this morning and tried to have a conversation when he was when he was standing there as a young Saul and laying at his feet were the coats of those who were stoning Stephen and I, I've wondered if it ran through his mind as he had been in prison and as he wrote this very verse and he talked about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace I thought, Paul, did it cross your mind? Did it cross your mind where you walked before you walked with God? Did it, did it cross your mind about the walk that day up to the, up to the, 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 the very scene where they were stoning Stephen and, and you looked down and laying at your own feet were all those coats of the men who ferociously and absolutely vindictively they murdered Stephen. How did it cross your mind, Paul, that he took you from where your feet were then and then your feet began to walk you towards Damascus because you had more Christians to kill? Did it cross your mind? Mind, Paul, as you were walking to Damascus, that, that great light shining above the brightness of the sun. Did it cross your mind, Paul, when you were sitting there and writing, let your feet be shod? Did it cross your mind that when God got a hold of you, he turned your direction and, and he made you start walking against the culture and walking against those who didn't understand it? And people would look at you and say, Saul, you've lost your mind. You used to persecute. Did 
it cross your mind, Paul, that you were supposed to be a Pharisee, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and you had more blood to spill, but instead when he got your feet, because it's not just that God got his mind, God got his feet. God changed his direction. God changed his direction. And the guy who wanted to kill now has the gospel of peace in him. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to set this straight. The gospel of peace doesn't mean you need to be weak. It doesn't mean it. That is not what Paul is talking about here. He is talking about the good news of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of peace when the Roman soldiers want to be about warfare and when they want to pursue their kingdom. He said, I've got, an, I've got a decision. I've, I've made up my mind. There is peace in my mind. Wait a minute. You mean there's no fear? There's no trepidation? There's no exhaustion? There's no over... No, it doesn't mean that. Brother Freely, i got to be honest with you. There's times when I feel overwhelmed in my spirit spirit and I got I to gotta take, I got to get away from what I feel in my mind and I got to look down at my feet and remember the way he has a lot. When I was in my right mind and when I gave him my heart, he direct, he put my feet and I remember, wait, 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 I'm walking towards Calvary so I cannot allow the circumstances. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You cannot allow the circumstances of your now detour the way you set your feet already. You have set your feet. Mm. My, 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 my. You can take peace into a situation where nobody can find it, where nobody can find joy. Everybody at that job wants to talk about people. Everybody at that work site wants to be discouraged. Everybody in your family wants to be upset. But you walk in with a resolute determination. We've got to advance the gospel. We've got to advance the gospel. We've got to advance the gospel. Come on, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I can't win the battle, but I can walk. I can either stand or I can move. I, I can, but I'm not going back. I'm not moving back. I got too much in my feet. I got too much in my, I'm established here. I'm moving forward. Preparation. Readiness. Readiness, readiness, readiness. Are you catching it? <laughs> readiness, readiness. It means I'm, it kind of means I'm, I'm, I'm just standing on go. Standing on, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here. Now I'm not going to move until you tell me move. But, but everybody in this building, if you've been living for God for any time at all, you've found that typically when he says go, it feels like the least, in, it's the most inopportune time. I had time I was ready to go. I was bold as a lion last week. You could have said go last week. I would have witnessed to her then. But sometimes God needs to get us to a place where it is not about our flesh, but it's about our footing. It's not about how I feel. It's about what I know to be true. And so I can advance. Who in this room, you're here because you made it across some mountains you didn't think you would during them. Who's here? Raise your hand. You went through some seasons. You've been through some stuff. 
I mean, you've been through some stuff. Everybody was your friend down in base camp. Some of you started businesses, went through some lean seasons. Everybody was your friend when it was good. Ah. There ain't a lot of people when you're up on the mountain. Where are you at? Usually you climb with one or two people. Sometimes you climb alone. As long as you always climb with God. Now I will tell you this. Don't try to climb a mountain he didn't send you to. And you can take that figure of our spiritual. I don't care what. You got, you got to listen. You got to be ready. We don't go looking. Nah. Paul is not saying, go look for a fight. Brother Knocker, Paul, Paul's saying, they brought the fight to us. They brought, they brought the fight to us. So be ready. He said, don't tell me you're ready barefoot. Every parent in this room, every parent in this room has told everybody, be ready. Be ready. Get at the door. Be ready. Or get to the vehicle. And almost, I bet almost every parent, if not every parent in this room, has somehow got in the minivan or got in the car, got in the station wagon back in the day, whatever it is. You got in there, and somehow they were fully dressed but no shoes on. I didn't know you wanted me to wear shoes today. That'll try your Holy Ghost. That'll try the ghost right there. What, what do you, what do you, any parents ever have to grip the wheel like this? God, help me not kill this kid. I gave this kid to you. I gave this kid to you. You ever want to scream it? You got to say, go. Go get, go get your shoes. You ever have to whisper it to not scream it? Because you, you want to say, God. I'll get you. Go get your shoes right now. <laughs> You're laughing because you've done it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> get your shoes. I've had shoes. I, I have had shoes miraculously disappear between our home and the location. As if they were not for the Lord took them. They, they were here, but then they were gone. Where's your shoe? Where, no, your other shoe. Where, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I had it on. Okay, is it under the seat? Is it in the back? Some of y'all know the struggle I'm feeling right now. Just nervous. Just. How's it happen? Can I tell you, I fear that often the first thing to go is our footwear. It is our, it is the, when the peace of the gospel slips off our feet. Because what do we do when we get casual? I'm going to tell you the first thing I do at my house, the first thing I do, I walk in the door and I say, Hope I ain't got no holes in my socks, right? I might. 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is more comfortable. I'm t- oh, it feels more just wonderful. But if I walk up here with no shoes on, you, you think my mind. You can't even walk into the gas station. Come on. You, you walk in there barefoot, number one, don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't, okay? If you do, take the logo off your car if you do. Just to... Just. Put it back on after you go out. After you get your fungins, because you're probably buying fungins if you go in with no shoes on. <laughs> Slip those shoes off to get comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have peace in that we have made up our mind, but not peace so that we can casually choose when or when not to advance. We must advance. Allow me to use a couple more scriptures and I'll be done this morning. I want to read you this, this verse from, from another version. I just like the way that it's spelled out in a more, more uh, modern translation. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel. I'm not... I'm not sure that I have the ability, but I'm sure this does. Please catch that. I know I'm not yelling. I hope I don't have to for you to get this. I'm not real sure sometimes in my ability, but I am very sure about the ability that they have tried to burn and ruin and get out of print. The legislation can pull it off whatever wall they want. But even the gates of hell. Yeah. Can't prevail against it. And so I find my sure-footedness. I find my sure-footedness and preparation in the fact that this gospel works. It works. One of the greatest lines that I ever heard, one of the greatest lines I ever heard along these lines is when Pastor Bland in Missouri, he, he said, I, I am not trusting in my ability to do this, but I am trusting in God's ability to choose me to do this. Wow. Think about that. He has chosen you, equipped you, empowered you. Don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost but can't keep your shoes on. You can keep your preparation. Maybe you're here today and you're newer to Calvary or or you're newer to Pentecost and maybe you haven't had this, this understanding completely. Pastor, what are you really trying to say to me? I'm saying that God can give you the ability to stand in the face of not only the world, but according to Paul, the works of darkness that work through the world. Because the works of darkness in the world, please hear me church, are meant to try and eliminate the church. Please don't be confused by that. Please don't think that, 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 that persecution is not real and that persecution is not happening. We saw that over the last 16 months. We saw churches being shut down. 
We saw governments that in North America have never, we saw fines being imposed. Some churches up to a million plus in fines were imposed. Persecution of the church. He said, get your feet ready. Be ready. Turn to two or three people and tell them, get your feet ready. I'm not talking about a pedicure. Some of the ladies are going to walk out like, you heard, Pastor? I got to get my feet. I got to get my feet ready. I knew I liked him. I knew I liked him. I liked him. Stand with me in this house. <clears throat> my radio is almost always on the same radio station in my truck. It's almost, it's almost always there as determined by my children. <laughs> We got in this morning to leave, and a lot of times I don't even turn the radio on. i got to be honest. I'm boring like that in some regard. And I got in this morning, and as I, I got into the vehicle, I knew what I was speaking about. And I have no idea how it was on the radio station, some kind of a news broadcast. And they were telling, they were telling the story and interviewing Catherine, uh, Catherine Switzer, who in 1967 was the first female to openly run in the Boston Marathon and she was talking about this process and that's not really my story as much as it was her talking and she said I, I ran 31 miles 10 days earlier to ensure that I could run the 26.2 on that day. She said up until then it was firmly believed that no woman could run a marathon. It wasn't just outlawed but they couldn't run it. My wife talked here recently about uh, that couch to 5k deal that she that she ran and and uh, uh, she looks so cute. I've got great pictures of her in her little stretch skirt, all modest, running up, looking godly. And I, it was just, anyway, Kath, and then they started throwing color, and I don't understand that. That's just silly. But the, uh, the point was listening to her, I thought, the Lord knows what I'm, I'm speaking about here today, and I don't, I don't know how we think that we can run if it is not a consistent thing we practice. How do we think the walk of God occurs unless we're consistently ready to walk? To walk. To move. How many know that a body that never gets in motion dies? And everything in it dies. If the body stops moving, the body is dying. What was Jesus, what was his description to the disciples even when it comes to the feet? He was going to send out the disciples in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, he's talking to the disciples and, and, and he's giving them instruction. If you go somewhere and they don't want the gospel, shake the dust off your feet. He's giving them this analogy. Don't let that even be, don't, don't think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please, some of you have, you're carrying problems from here and carrying, you're carrying dust from somebody else. Get that off your feet. It's weighing you down. You've got to advance. We've got some people today, a few different people that have made the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins because God, listen, 
Not because Pastor Carson, not because Brother Drew or whoever taught them. There were multiple Bible studies taught and people ready to be ready for baptism. Brother Drew has a neighbor being baptized today. Here's, here, listen to me. It's not for him. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's because I've got to be prepared to move forward in what the Word of God instructs. He might, he might ask you at the restaurant today. You might be walking by a table and the Lord prompts you and says, ask them if there's anything you can pray with them about. He might, he might say, why don't you give them a church card and tell them we'd love for you to come by Calvary Tabernacle sometime. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Some of you, that would be overwhelming. For others of you, if you would just get your shoes on, that kind of advancing is not. For some of you, it'll be actually taking the walk, actually taking the walk to a neighbor. For others, it would be not even taking a walk physically, but picking up that phone and calling a brother or a sister or a friend. What is the peace? I'll tell you what Paul is talking about. And yes, I understand and I am not diluting the gospel of peace that comes because he sets us free. But Paul is addressing a decision. I want to live for God. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. I want to live for God. There are men and women in this building right now. I'm not, I'm not preaching boisterous. I'm preaching as, as open as I can to, today. And I'm asking for whosoever will. Anybody willing. I want you to step out of your pew and I want you to walk. I don't want you to kneel today. I don't want you to bow. I just want you to walk up to this altar. And I want you to lift your hands with me. And I want you to begin to pray that God would help us to be sure-footed. That God would help us to walk forward with the gospel. Come on, I'm, I'm calling for everybody that can physically. I want you to pray. I know we don't have enough room. I know, I know. And if you're concerned, I don't want you to come. If you have any sense of to the crowd, that's fine. But if you can, if you feel like you can, and press all the way into the altar. I want Pastor Lopez to come. I want some of our ministers to come. I want us to get in here. Get in real tight. Come, come, come up here, Brother Brent. Come up here real, real tight up here. Come here, Brother Fred. They come up. Come here, Pastor. Pastor Marcus, come here. Can we do an honest eval right now? Just an honest evaluation. Sometimes standing firm is tough. Isn't it? Sometimes standing firm in the things of God is hard to do. Brother Sean, there's just times you're tested. Just times you're frustrated. Brother Kendrick, there's, there's just times. There's just times. When the enemy, it's like he gets his hands on you. It's like, it's like he, gets, he gets right up to you and he's pushing on you. I got I to gotta be able to, to stand, therefore. When the enemy tries to discourage, I got to stay. I got to get my 
I got to get my feet dug in. I, I, I got to get my feet dug in. Well, you're not advancing, but as long as I'm not, I just got to get dug in here. I've got a readiness. I can move forward, but I'm not moving backward. Man, somebody, I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear that. I might not be moving forward, but I am not moving backwards. Yeah, but I don't feel it, or I don't, I don't see it, or I don't, I, I don't know. I can't. I'm not talking about the peace of your mind. Look at your feet. My feet remind me I'm headed towards the things of God. I'm headed towards the promises of God. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. Ministry, I want you to help me. If you feel directed, I want you to pray for some. I want you to have a conversation and pray. If you're here today and you've not repented of your sins, this would be a great time to gain some ground and say, God, if there's anything in my life that doesn't please you, I'm asking you to take it out of my heart and take it out of my mind. Take it out of my spirit. If there's anything in me, oh God, that's keeping me from keeping sure-footedness,